The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the disciples, Then the dominion of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Sir, sir, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. You can be seated. We are swiftly coming to the closing of another church year. And as we round out this church year, we're making our final approach to Advent, which you know is the beginning of a church year. And the next three Sundays, we hear three parables, all from the same chapter, Matthew 25. Today, you heard about the ten bridesmaids, some wiser, some foolish. Next week, you're going to hear about the master who loaned his servants talents. And then after that, you'll hear about the sheep and the goats. And that when we share with those in need, we're actually sharing with someone else unexpectedly. And all three of these parables are connected, and they really interpret each other. We start with the meaning that's on the surface of the parable of the bridesmaids. As they all wait for the return of the bridal party so that they can begin the banquet feast, it gets late, everyone falls asleep. When they finally arrive at midnight, everyone arises and preps their lamps to greet them. Some brought extra oil, some didn't. The ones that didn't are sent off to find the oil. And while they're gone, they miss the arrival of the bridal party and the banquet feast begins with the door shut behind them. So on the surface, the meaning appears to be straightforward. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning, as the song says. Be prepared. Have some oil in reserves, which, by the way, I find really interesting for us to hear as we have created a reserve fund so that as a church we can be financially prepared for the unexpected. The surface meaning also seems to be that Jesus' return is unexpected and not something that can be predicted, which was something that the earliest followers of Jesus were always focused on. After Jesus' resurrection, they all assumed that the return of Jesus was imminent, that it would happen in their lifetimes. All you would have to do was look at the signs. The Roman Empire destroys the temple in Jerusalem in around the year 70. There were famines, there were earthquakes, things were terrible, and surely all of those things were signs that Jesus would return soon. Yet... Here we sit, 2,000 years later. And many assume that the signs of the times 
still point to the same thing. Look at the world today. Jesus must be returning soon. But is that really what this parable is about? The main detail that makes me think that this parable is not about Jesus' return is that ancient manuscripts of this text say it wasn't the groom who was returning. It was the groom with the bride. And that checks out with wedding customs in the ancient Middle East. The groom would collect the bride from the family's home and make a long, drawn-out procession through the town to kick off the celebration. This is, by the way, why they're delayed in their arrival, but also why this parable may not be about Jesus' returning to unite with the church, because the church is the bride of Christ, and she is already with the groom as they arrive in this parable. There are other problems in this parable. The wise bridemaids are rewarded, yet conventional wisdom, which is wisdom according to the world's standards, is not what God is interested in. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. So perhaps the wise bridesmaids are not who or what we ought to emulate. Another problem, the parable ends with the warning to stay awake. However, all the bridesmaids fell asleep. Neither the wisdom, the wise ones, nor the foolish ones kept themselves awake. Another problem, when the foolish ask the wise for some oil, they are told, no, there's not enough, go find your own. Now, does that sound like the Christian thing to do? Jesus said, give to everyone who asks of you. And if anyone takes away what is yours, do not ask for it back. Maybe instead of calling them the wise bridesmaids, we should call them the stingy bridesmaids. If anything, the foolish get left out because the wise didn't share their resources. They didn't give generously. Another problem, the wise bridesmaids enter the banquet first, but Jesus also said, many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Another problem, the door to the banquet is shut on the foolish bridesmaids, but two chapters before, Jesus said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you lock people out of the kingdom of heaven. Why would Jesus in this parable do something that he just criticized the Pharisees for? These are not details that you can ignore. We can't always take the meaning of these parables from what is on the surface. Sometimes the true meaning is buried inside. This is tricky. It's because the Bible is a tricky book. And it's also, by the way, why you should be in church. It's also why we read and study the Bible in community so that we can grapple with the meaning together and not just read it on the surface and assume we understand what it means and let it confirm our own biases. There's not a clear-cut answer in this parable as to what we're supposed to do or who we're supposed to emulate. Maybe that means there are pieces of each of the characters we should reflect on and learn lessons from. 
Do you see yourself in these characters? Have you ever been the foolish bridesmaids whose lamps have run out? Have you ever been the wise who feared sharing and losing what they had? Have you ever been the bridegroom who refused to let people in? Maybe that's what a good parable is supposed to do anyway. Not to offer a clearly defined answer, but to allow ourselves to be found inside of them. So, if you find yourself feeling like the foolish bridesmaids, remember to wait in the darkness. Their mistake was that they left on a fool's errand instead of waiting in the dark and trusting that they wouldn't even need the lamp anyway once they made it inside. Don't leave when it seems like the circumstances are too difficult. Don't run away from things when they're not ideal. Those are holy places and God will meet you there. Or if you find yourself feeling like the wise bridesmaids, remember to share what you have. Even if you're afraid, you won't have enough. Their mistake was that they weren't generous with what they had. Don't invest in temporary comforts while neglecting the community of God's people, which you will belong to forever. Opportunities to be generous are holy places. And God will meet you there. Or if you find yourself feeling like the bridegroom, remember to open wide the door to the banquet. Don't let hurt feelings and fear insulate you from others. Welcoming those who have made mistakes and are out in the dark is a holy place. God will meet you there. Amen.